Having arguments or discussions with people can be really, really hard. And for people like me, or actually quite a few of my close friends and family, the result can often be more than extremely draining. I've identified three types of behaviours out there that I'll want to tell you about, but of course I'm sure there are many types of personalities and ways of behaviour that come to light when you're in an argument. So I've identified three, but I do understand that there are probably a lot more, but I hope that these three will help you. Um, what I mean by there are a lot of different types of behaviour is, and I'm sure you've experienced it like me, it's that scary moment when you're having a discussion or like a heated argument with someone that you've known for ages and suddenly they say something so below the belt or so nasty, something that you never thought would come out of their mouths or they pull their face in a way or hold their body in such a way that you've never seen them do before that you're, that you're shocked and it truly shocks you. And now I think experiencing shock and like immediate hurt in an argument is pretty common, unfortunately. And I sadly can't help you with experiencing those immediate blows because I think, unfortunately, that just happens when an argument starts. But what happens after and how you treat the rest of the conversation after the first punch, the verbal punch is thrown, I believe is up to you. And I called this podcast Throwing Verbal Punches because I see arguments kind of like a one-on-one, -on -one, in a ring, two fighters type situation. And of course, I do understand that this may come across to you as quite like aggressive or intense or whatever, but it's really just a metaphor or a picture in your head that I think will help you understand how I differentiate between the three fighters that are out there or the three ways of behavior that are out there. And again, like I said before, I'm sure there are a huge amount of other ways of behaving, but to help myself, I've simplified it and identified three. So number one is the attacker. Number two is the defender. And number three is the taker. So we're always going off the picture that you obviously haven't made the first punch. Because I think having arguments, like especially like fights, um, verbal fights, are pointless. I, I don't really see the biggest point in them. I think that there are a lot more productive ways of setting aside differences. But if you ever find yourself in an argument and the first verbal punch has been thrown, then identifying your options of behavior towards that or in reaction to that, I think may be beneficial. So number one, if you choose the stance of the attacker. By attacker, I think this one's probably the, quite easy to understand. It's basically what you have in your head right now, probably. It's the one, plainly put, that, that argues back, that fights back, that fires back. Now, this one is, comes with a risk, I believe, because if you usually aren't the type of person to fight, or if you aren't typically a confrontational person, but somebody says something to you and you feel this is the only way you can you can fight back is by throwing a punch too. You may throw that punch, but 
because you're not usually a confrontational person, I think that it can leave you feeling really like guilty and like rotten about the things that you've said because you say such below the belt things in return to what that person said. But because you're not usually the type of person to do that, it feels really odd. So we'll get into that. But that's number one, the attacker. Then number two is the defender. So if you picture it in your mind, this is someone who has their arms up. So like a fighter, you know, when they have their arms up protecting their, their face, so their brain, and their chest, so their heart, um, but they're not throwing punches. So they're just kind of standing and moving their feet a little bit, you know, like being flexible with what's being said. And they're not actively throwing a punch, but their arms are protecting the vital parts, you know, their brain and their heart. And um, I've always honestly seen this as the health, healthiest form of of verbal argument behavior because it's the person who stands up for themselves but without lashing out at the other person and we'll get into that now as well but then lastly to clarify the taker so number three the taker visually if you picture it in your head this is the person you see in a ring with his hands beside his waist not defending not hitting back just the arms like just hanging by the side and basically just taking blow for blow from the person that they're in an argument or fight with. And it's the one that you'd see and you'd think, firstly, that guy's losing. And secondly, why on earth is the person not doing anything? Why are they just standing there? And it's kind of the one where you're like, that's the dumbest one. I would never be that one. But you see, I think, sadly, this is probably the most common form of behavior from people or at least I do this and I know a lot of my friends and family do this too. And it's the type of behavior where you essentially get treated like a punching bag. And uh, the reason you allow this to be treated like a punching bag, the reason you're not attacking back and the reason that you're not putting your arms up is I think down to like three major causes. So again, number one is that you don't want to be the one who says something nasty back. You don't want to be the mean one. You think doing it this way, like just standing there and taking the the punches, will, yes, leave you feeling hurt after the fight, but at least you get to be content with yourself that you didn't add to the hurt. Or you do it for number two, which is you've experienced being treated like that so often and you know the recovery period. You know that there is a recovery period and you know that it'll be hurtful, but because you've gotten through it before, you kind of think, well, I've done it once, why not do it twice? And then the third one is you volunteer yourself for this position as a punching bag, hoping that the other person will either get tired of hurting you, like physically just drained and stop, or finally get all their frustration out and also stop as a result. And you almost feel heroic for doing this because You took the punches very aware of the fact that you were going to get hurt, but ultimately so that that other person could just get out what they wanted to get out and hopefully feel better and you guys could come to a resolution at the end. But you see, the issue with this position of the taker and all of the options that then the reasons why you do these things is that no matter what, you're left extremely hurt and the other person, I think, unfortunately, will never tire of hurting you because you've always been an easy target. And yes, maybe 
you know, with, with the second example, maybe you've been through that experience before and you think, well, I've, I've gone through it before. I'll just recover the second time and the third time. But just because you've experienced something before does not mean that you have to repeat it. Like a story doesn't have to be your story for the rest of your life. Like you can change the ending of the story. And uh, I don't think that you should allow yourself kind of to be put in that position again. So basically my advice for you in the unlucky chance that you do find yourself in an argument, I think just trying to remember that there are three different types of people you can choose from and then choose wisely and in accordance to what you feel like the situation warrants. Personally, like I said, I tend to fall into number three, the taker category. But as I get older and understand that sometimes taking the shots for others only really brings you yourself pain and them nothing really because it's no fun to fight against someone who isn't defending or fighting back because you just feel like an idiot. So not only are you as the taker taking the shots and getting hurt, but the other person I don't think is ever really letting go of their frustration because the target is just so easy. Um, I just, I don't know, I think I try personally to be number two. As I get older, I want to be number two. I want to be the defender. I want to say enough to make sure that people know that they can't just go off on me, but also so that I can kind of go to sleep at night knowing that I drew a line where it needed to be drawn. So if somebody says something and I very you know, loudly say, look, what you just said is really hurtful. Don't go further than this, like an example. Um, that you, you know, that I drew a line, but without resorting to hurtful speech towards that person, you know, without, I can say, look, what you said is very hurtful. Stop here. Like I can't take any more is very different to twisting the situation and saying, well, you used to do it like that too. And you're also such a stupid person or whatever, because that then takes a stance of an attacker. And that then takes the stance of you hurting that person. So I think stand up for yourself when you need to be when when needs to be done, but only talk in the I form. Like, hey, this is too much for me. Like, I'm feeling hurt. Don't change it to the you form and like then attack them. And uh, yeah, I guess the reason that I wanted to share this with you is because I think that there's a misconception that in heated arguments it's normal and unfortunately accepted to lose control. And that if you're the type of person to lash out, you'll always be the type of person to lash out. Or if you're the type of person to go silent, you'll always be the type of person to go silent. But I disagree. I think that if you know your options and you know that you can either in this situation be an attacker or a defender or a taker, and you know kind of the results and the conclusions and the risks of each of them, I hope the next time you find yourself in an argument, which I hope is not soon or never, preferably, I hope that you'll be able to apply the correct one and uh, encounter the kind of heated arguments in a more positive manner. Because ultimately, arguments are good, you know, discussions. Arguments aren't good, discussions are good because they get people thinking and they get people sharing ideas and coming up with new solutions or voicing their opinion. And that's lovely. Arguments, and especially heated arguments, not so great. I don't think they're necessary, but some people need to have them in order to get like the fire going again. And because they unfortunately are just kind of part of 
a day-to-day basis or a week-to-week or a month-to-month basis. Like it is something that's just going to happen to you. You are going to get into an argument with someone. I think having like a solid game plan when going into an argument and really identifying, do I want to be an attacker? Do I want to be a defender? Do I want to be a taker? Which one suits my personality most? Which one suits the person I'm talking to most? Which one will benefit me most? Which one will hurt the other person least? I think having that as a go-to is really good and I th- I hope that it'll it'll help you. <music>